Hello, welcome to Solomon's Temple. In this episode, I'm featuring Saint Bonaventura of Italy, a 13th century theologian and philosopher, more of a theologian, but he was well known for his diverse understanding in the academic sphere and his ability to synthesize uh, multiple subjects together. And that's what I like to do. I like to synthesize subjects together. And in this day and age, when people have a lack of vision or clarity on how to put each category in its rightful place and to describe what people mean and to see what they mean when they describe what they believe or what they know, because honestly, knowledge is a justified true belief and there is a belief element to just about everything. And we can kind of see the rudimentality of of these old systems of thinking by the way they talk about stuff and versus the examples we have now and the more in-depth uh, observations and perspectives we've gained on the earth, you know, since Giordano Bruno and other people have been confirmed by Galileo and so forth. But, um, yeah, well, St. Bonaventura also was uh, the patron saint of pooping. <laughs> and we go over the four causes of things, like in Aristotle's four causes. And in the end, everything is poop, isn't it? That's the final cause for things is you poop. <laughs> it's all said and done. I mean, that in a way is the final cause of life. It's you take the forms of things that are good in, in their own material. And with them, it drives over time a, a digestive process that brings the rest of your body, a formal cause, its form, its, its way of structuring itself. Um, and the way that it efficiently drives itself on in time. It's all calculated cause that is continuous. It's efficient due to its balances, to its supersymmetry and its sutures. And yet it is forced to meet its own end and back again, end to end, over and over again. And for it to be filtrated and extracted um, until there's really nothing left. And then the rest of it excluded and to finally uh, rid itself or to rid of what is bad and to keep what is good and if that isn't spiritual i don't know what is that there is this sensation about things that our purpose in life our end is to move away from dark things go to the light and when people are disconnected from this they tend to cause trouble it doesn't necessarily mean they're completely unhappy but they're certainly not happy in the in the real true sense they're not shining I don't believe it's possible to be truly happy unless you actively revere the light of things. And we go over the light a little bit here too. So let's just break into a little bit of the, the causes. And the causes sort of clarify the relationships between what philosophy is and theology is and what faith is. Uh, with faith, that is the final cause to extend and, and reach towards the end purpose of things, which is to merge with, in his view, the final cause to all things. And with theology, it's the efficient uh, cause of the, the intellect of the person to bring themselves into the final causes through its efficient state of being, through uh, what it's doing in time in order to understand and see with the formality of your own faculties what the purposes are what the point is to actually engage you know to have a bible would be like the the formal acquisition of 
putting in all your efficient cause into the point of it, which would be its final cause. And of course, the material cause would be riding on some acacia. And acacia back in the day was, uh, well, it has DMT, and back in the day, it was used uh, in brews to access spiritual states. So the material, the materia of the acacia and identifying it in its formal cause in this tree right here, and you take that with the purpose of finding God, merging with spirit, or just seeing things because you're curious. And if, if that's not the state of mind you're in, then well, you're probably not seeing the meaning here and from the material out to the final. And I think that's the point of what uh, Bonaventura is, is making a little bit. Maybe he didn't want to formally state it with all the fear back then of repercussion. You know, you just sort of did things in solitude, and I guess that's what I'm doing, you know. But <laughs> uh, He said, science is an intellectual habit, and it is an efficient cause for any theology to be an author who writes it. And it is by God that the author is working through grace, because in the end, there is the final cause, which would be God, the good, the true, and the one. He says theology is like a science of making faith intelligible. So with theology, you describe and bring about your reasoning through a directed intellecty in order to make the claims of having faith in this and believing this to be really intelligible or to be recognized in the light of the mind. You know, you can say things go beyond chance when you encounter things so unlikely. It's like this is a sign that it would not happen any other time but now because things orchestrate themselves. Or when I do have faith in this, the result hits directly. And if you do not, then it won't. And it's almost like yeah, it has a, an element of I don't, I don't see what you mean. No one, no one is seeing if they're not believing. If you see it, you will believe it, but you can't see it like a science. You can't examine its formal cause necessarily, maybe without the help of acacia. <laughs> I don't know why our society has withheld these substances. It's causing a lot of damage to our spiritual health, and we should be ashamed of ourselves if, if you're on the, uh, the side that does not agree with um, a reintegration with uh, the spirited plants, the ethnopharmacological bridge, if you will. So the subject of the theology is the object of belief transformed into the notion of being intelligible, intelligible by its reasoning. I demonstrate all the time, you know, through the tarot with prophecy, what it is I'm going through. And then these signs will show up and like in numbers and, and in other ways, or just in my own demonstration of what I'm going through and, and what's happening in life. There is a presence that goes alongside with what people are, are talking about in these books. There, there is a way in life. There is an appropriateness to life. Everything has its meaning and can be seen in the light of reason. Everything has its purpose and has its meaning. And rocks and things in the world, including animals and, and anything that you can see as having its own formal essence, these things participate with God as well. He criticized philosophical ideas of the world of being eternally produced in an Aristotelian uh, scientific way, but produced from nothing. And to posit on the supposition that matter is eternal is more reasonable. But how do you 
produce it from nothing? Well, he says that it must be that the everything, the being of everything, requires for it to be in light of being produced not from nothing but from God. And Aristotle did say himself, there is an unmoved mover in the beginning. Things cannot move of themselves, so what was the first cause? An unmoved mover was his conclusion. Well, if there's an unmoved mover, it requires some sort of source, maybe beyond all material. And if something comes out of being, there must be a being outside of being that cycles back into being. So maybe it just always is, or there's something that has always been in order for it to be. Even if material things do go out, there's just something that is always there. And to think about this, I just can't think about this. I mean, oh my god, this is just the weirdest subject in the world to think about eternity. It's so odd. And I believe everyone can who has a remotely attached brainstem can, can think about that. Like, what the hell is, is eternity? So there must be some sort of being after non-being if it, in fact, comes from nothing. So that nothing is eternal. The world as a created thing has being after non-being. And if something always has been, then it would mean that the, the only eternal thing would be the necessary presence of God, whatever that is. And Bonaventura says matter was created, and I don't know how that is, but that's just what they thought, I guess. But in a state where it had a tendency and capacity to admit among many forms, and though it had none of its own in its own right, the potential required external forces of divine agency to produce them, properties related to all matter of being and light. And Plato had a sense where there's a chaotic primordial state of matter where a present cosmic order was able to emerge out of uh, its full extent of its potential. So they had a similar exchange with this, and I think Bonaventura does a strapping job at creating a theology out of that. But he believed light was an accidental form in degrees of bodies, or a substance communicating extension and visibility. I'm not really sure what he means here, but I don't see how light is accidental. I feel like light is very, very intentional. But he did kind of get it right in its degrees of bodies, because we have a full spectrum of light that will, sh you know, extend into the communication of our nervous system uh, what it what becomes visible. And we have, of course, uncovered the extent of, of visibility through our understanding of light form. And I think to see meaning, the meaning of light, we see its formal cause in the potential that it has, its forms, to move through its forms is to see the meaning of something. And light will mean different things to the seer when its formal cause of itself is on a different wavelength or is shining through different optics. So we're able to ascertain the point of view of light and what it wants to communicate through its own essential form. And if the soul is understood as the form that makes a thing alive and able to enjoy the type of life that it does, then it, it does so in the fact that the point of being alive and able to enjoy yourself is to have its full potential to be itself. To have your full potential to be yourself is what he describes as living uh, with the good, the true, and the one to walk in the light, so to speak. And so I think the soul is more of an expression of what light can do when it's emanating from your body 
or from its materiality, its prima materia, you have an efficient, efficiently intentional movement within yourself in time. And with that, there is a form that is situated in how you come alive onto the thing. And it has with it its end state. That there's a truth to the full capacity of being. And that its point is to be able to enjoy the, uh, the type of life that it does. And in its final cause would be to want to go toward the light or to go toward that which makes life worth living. And the purpose would be to give your life over in credence to God. So light in a sense is like the, the bridge from your material to your final through being a formal cause. And through that, what is it that gets you there? It's your light manifestations through your forms. He says that it's our senses that provide us with the means for re-entering, re like remembering ourselves and ascending to higher things, as if the point is to understand who we are or remember who we are again, understanding the self and taking the journey from the material to the final. So it's almost like sensing, sensing our formality or sensing that we are light beings in order to ascend to higher things would be kind of the point or end state of our souls in what makes this life actually worth living. And so the unexamined life would not be worth living because if you have no examination or way to see yourself through light, through the light, then to not examine that would not make life worth living. Therefore, for Bonaventura and for Plato and Socrates, that yeah, the unexamined life is not worth living, just said and framed in a different manner. Of course, then again, Plato said, move through the forms. And I think this is probably what that means in a less traditionally religious sense. It's still the same thing. And the activity and the understanding of what goes on when we are being what we are with all of our, our meaning to do what we do and to see with the light of things what they are for and why they are good, it is presupposed in our remembering of what its source is within us. Like in the first day of Genesis, let there be light, is a recognition of understanding what is naturally given, and that we trust that our senses lead to its finality. He says the properties of matter are perfect with imperfect properties that make it all the best version of itself. A paradox. How could it be the best version of itself if it's imperfect? Well, maybe there's no, like Saint Anselm, there's no greater being than God. Well, sure there is, because isn't there, aren't there terrible things that happen here? Well, would you know what something good was without something being bad? So how do you know that's not organized perfectly? How do you know the uh, imperfection of things isn't what actually makes things perfect? Because how would you know perfection without things not being perfect? So in this way, with all the imperfections, that all creatures are vest vestiges of the potential of God. And among the potential, there is an actual and complete being. How can we be aware of being defective at all without some awareness without defect? If there wasn't something already without defectiveness, looking at the fact that there is defectiveness. There's this transcendental epiphenomenal flow of a presence of being a vestige of God, even though you're clearly imperfect and your potential will never be reached. You will only reach toward it, that we're all reaching towards these things.
above and beyond our light body, there is an unchangeable light, in that whoever knows the truth knows the light. O eternal truth, and true love, and love eternity, you are my God, to you I do, I sigh, both night and day. Very beautiful. I dig that. So within us, we reach towards the light, and we act with potency. We are creatures living to fulfill potential, and to live fully will be to live in truth, or to be whole. And yeah, and that's wonderful. And um, of course, I don't know what he thinks about ascending forever into like this place in the sky, or that, that typical idea, but in my view, it's eternity would be, you know, like he said, this under underneath final form that after when all being is done, there returns being again. And there's this unmoved mover that being can always exist even beyond being. But the point would be for our souls to understand the, the eternal beyond nature of ourselves, or that we are always beyond ourselves, what we really are. There, working through us, there's a reaching to a point where when we go there, we exist eternally, even though we have this nature that we're in, this uh, physical nature, the nature of things is that there's a, a time and essence and, and materiality that is causing us, and it's mortal. But the, the final essence of all things that we participate in, and with purpose, is that we can never essentially really die, and that what we're reaching towards is eternal, that it's working through us. And so in that way, that's why people put so much importance to dwelling in the kingdom is dwelling in a space of, of more eternal qualities. And it should be that that we go towards because it's the glue of all light. And to be a light being is to lead, lead a purposeful life towards something that really is good and true and one and whole. Philosophy itself is, the main point of it is to die well. And what better to die well than to understand the eternity that exists all around? What would it matter, really, if I knew intuitively how eternal this actually is and this whole experience actually is? And how much it puts matter into perspective and why that doesn't matter so much? Well, anyways, I'm going to let you go on that note. And um, I'll see you next time on the 100th episode. Woo! Centennial! What, what, what is even 100 in, in the whole uh, eternity of things, you know? Like, that doesn't really matter anyway. <laughs> but it is cool. It is, um, it is 100, you know? So, all right.